My name is Nick Wagner Sr. And I am the creator of the Full Potential Podcast. So welcome to another episode of the Full Potential Podcast. And uh, I'm you know, happy to have a, a, first, first, a first for the show. So Jason Mays is a senior creative technologist and research engineer at Google. So we've never had anyone from Google before, Jason. So thanks for making time to join us. No problem. So, and I, I read that from your LinkedIn, Jason, which is where, <laughs> uh, which is where I learned about you. Um, and we'll, we'll get to that story a little bit later in the podcast, but your, your title, uh, that's, that's a really cool title so, to start with, but then underneath it, it says a hybrid web engineer with a creative twist. So, Yes. Not all of our listeners um, are super techie like yourself. So can you like, could you share with, with our listeners, what is, what does that mean? Right. So what, what do you do at Google? Sure. And yeah. What is a hybrid web engineer? Just so everyone knows like a little bit about what you do. Yeah. Cool. I'll, I'll define my current role first. So as mentioned, I'm a senior uh, creative engineer or creative technologist, if you will, at Google. And basically that means my role is to research all the new technologies coming out Maybe it's machine learning, maybe it's augmented reality, virtual reality, whatever it might be. And then we work with Google's top 50 or so customers. So when they're launching a new product or service, we have to come up with a new idea that's never been done before that tells a story in a creative way using those technologies, essentially. So that sounds extremely cool, but it also <laughs> sounds extremely hard. And what I mean by that is to always be working with cutting edge, cutting edge new technology, which, you know, maybe you never even touched before and then they throw it at you. What, what's, yeah. what's the learning curve on these things? I mean, how hard is that? It's a continuous learning curve. So I think probably the hardest part of my role is being dangerous in many different uh, verticals within the tech industry um, to know what is possible and to be aware of what like sensors exist, what new libraries exist, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, a lot of my role is um, trying to find all this information and some of it I find online. Sometimes I'm reading books and articles, magazines, blogs. Uh, sometimes it's more proactive. People are sending me stuff. Uh, they're finding interesting stuff to share with me. Um, so it's a big ecosystem of knowledge, essentially. And I try and share that online, which is how you probably found me as well. If there's anything cool that I've heard or, or discovered that is publicly shareable, I tend to share that online as well. So yeah, so you're you're almost in like constant discovery mode. Uh, yes. <laughs> lo lo learning about you know the latest and greatest. And I think it's great that when people share stuff with you, you're also giving back to the community and sharing. And I'll share with my listeners. So I, I actually, I, I did find Jason on LinkedIn. I, I don't remember honestly who, who shared what you were doing, but Jason uh, had made a, a mirror that was in, I believe it was in your, it was in your house, but I think it was ultimately would be for yeah. the bathroom. Um, uh, yeah, it was a personal um, adventure into creating that experience yeah, it, 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 it's pretty cool so you know and i i know you'll uh we'll, we'll we'll link to your personal site which i think has all your social media um yeah you know links as well but essentially it was a, it was a smart mirror that you could uh talk to and get you know weather forecasts and information about your health and all sorts of cool stuff yeah it's kind of the very first iteration the i think the key features of this it was a machine learning uh, and web orientated smart mirrors so I wanted it to be replicatable super easy by other people. So it's basically running in the Chrome web browser. And then I've designed my own custom hardware and uh, added various sensors to it. Um, but most of the stuff is running in JavaScript. Therefore, if anyone just takes my code and opens their web browser up and goes to my website, then they could get the smarts for free, essentially. That's my kind of grander goal. And you know, JavaScript's getting very 
um, decent now at doing things like machine learning and other such things, computer vision, that kind of stuff. So I was trying to see how far we could push those new APIs in a hardware kind of experience. So, and this is, it sounds like this is the kind of stuff you do in your day job too. So you, you, yeah. seem to, you must really enjoy this. If you're not only doing this at work, but you're also just doing it for fun at home. Yeah, exactly. So this one was a personal adventure that I was doing just for fun at home, but you can imagine we're doing similar things at work too. So uh, yeah, my work is like uh, fun to me, to be honest. So yeah, I love it. I mean, and that's, you know, I think that's most people's dream. What you just said is that, yeah. their, <laughs> that, that their work is, is that much fun that they, you know, just love, you know, just love going to work and enjoying every day. So, you know, um, congrats to you for, you know, finding a, finding a role that does that for you. Thank you. So, so tell us a little bit, Jason, how does one become a senior creative technologist and research engineer at Google? You know, I was looking at your LinkedIn, you have a long history uh, of, you know, in the tech tech field, you went to school for computer science, but, you know, it was, was it always your dream um, to, yeah, work, to work at Google one day or, or was this something that just kind of happened? Sure. So this is quite a kind of interesting story, I guess. So if you rewind back to my teenage, young teenage years or so, um, my actual passions were flying. I wanted to be in the Royal Air Force in England. Um, I was in the Air Training Corps and all this fun stuff. Um, and then at some point along those lines, um, I got introduced to the tech world. My uncle bought me a computer. I started dabbling around in those areas. And essentially, my, my interest grew from there. Um, I started coding things in my spare time, um, took some programming courses at school. And by school, I mean high school, not, not uh, university. <laughs> um, and that's where my curiosity sparked and it kind of grew from there. And um, I went on to do computer science um, and specialized in kind of web technologies, social media, invisible computing, uh, reality mining, those kinds of areas. And it's at that point I realized that I got a lot of interest in um, not just working on a computer program that spits out a yes or no on command line, but actually displaying that data in a visual way with a nice UX and all that kind of stuff. Um, so it's at that point I realized that um, essentially web design and web programming were uh, the kinds of areas I could do that more in. And um, I went on to be a web engineer at a company called Exmos, which is a semiconductor startup in Bristol in England. I was one of their first 20 employees. And being a startup, I got to learn to wear many hats from uh, web engineering to web design to photography to 3D modeling in Maya and all this fun stuff. So it's got a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff there. Um, I did that for about three years, and then I started my own web company because I, I kind of took them to where they needed to be for a global presence. And then I was like, hey, I've kind of maxed out what I can do for you. It's time to kind of do my own thing. So I started my own web company uh, called Pure42 uh, over in England. Um, and just as I started that, uh, Google found me, um, I think it's because my page rank for the term web technical consultants or something like this, one of the recruiters found me for that. And they reached out over on LinkedIn and went, hey, do you want to join us as a uh, web engineer for a team called Innovation Services? And um, this is more aligned with the kind of ad side of the um, industry within Google, uh, making custom solutions for different kind of innovative ad formats, things that could track your face and all that kind of things to kind of drive gamified experiences in like YouTube mastheads and that kind of thing. And also like large scalable web systems. So I did that for about five and a half years. Uh, in London at Google. And um, essentially, uh, I then, in my 20% time, found this team that did the stuff that I 
actually found most rewarding all the time. So I said, how can I get into this team? It took me five and a half years to actually transition over, <laughs> if you will. So I just kept doing 20% for a long time. And then eventually um, I got an opportunity to come out to the States to do a three month rotation, as they call it, where I get to try out the team for three months. And then typically you go back to your old team after that. Um, except this time around, I managed to get an offer from the director in the States to stay out here permanently. Um, and that's how I became a creative engineer in the States, essentially. And here I still am uh, two and a half years after that. So I've been at Google like eight years almost now, uh, give or take a few months. So real quick, because you mentioned something that and I, I know what it is, but I guess many of my listeners don't. Explain Google's 20% time that you just, re you just referenced. Ah, yes. <laughs> so um, it's part of Google culture about essentially... Um, if you have a really interesting product project that you want to work on in your spare time, it could be personal development, it could be something you've always wanted to hack on, some idea you wanted to start, um, you can do that. You can take one day of your week to work on that thing, whatever it might be. Um, and essentially, um, this is where I managed to do the things that maybe were not a priority for my current team, but I had an active interest in. And often because these are passion project projects, they turn out to be um, very well polished <laughs> and you know things like maps and gmail started out as like 20 percent projects by other people in the company back in the day so these can go on to be great things and for some of my projects they got a lot of interest internally and that's how i became um uh, visible to the other team who then hired me later on in in in, in time yeah I, I just wanted to make sure we highlighted that because it's a very unique uh concept that not a lot of companies do and i know google's been known for it you know to have it yeah for, for years now, really across the entire company. And you, you mentioned a couple of products that came out of the Google 20% time, which when you really think about that is, that's pretty phenomenal because those are some big products for the company. So um, th thanks for sharing. So, so back to your career path. So you mentioned your uncle was the one that got you into computers, you know, at, at a young age. Um, yeah. Did he continue to be a mentor to you throughout like your early years in, in technology? Like how, how did that play out? Um, so no, he didn't advise me as such. He just gave me the tools to get the curiosity. So he bought me as a Christmas present, a, a computer back when I was very young. And um, that's where I learned how to use the thing. And I started dabbling myself uh, at home in my spare time after school, that kind of stuff. So he actually lived very far away in a different country at the time. So um, yeah, th this was more me experimenting my own time, but he gave me that spark of curiosity, I guess, by giving me the tools to investigate it further. You no, know, it, it's. I always just find it really interesting how, how people's careers start and how they end up. You know how they end up continuing. You know, you're, you're, oh, you're yeah. thing, you know, you were looking to be, you were really into, into planes, and then, you know, just yeah. a, a, a present from an uncle changes your whole career tra trajectory. So it's always, I always just find that interesting with, with people's careers. Yeah, so I guess we can thank your uncle for all the, uh, the great stuff <laughs> you've done in the tech world because he got you into it. So, um, indeed. So you, you mentioned that you, you wanted to be in, you know, you want, you were interested in airplanes. You really, yes. you hadn't even really thought of the tech world until your uncle gave you the computer. Yeah. And, and we talked about a little bit of this before we started the podcast. Any advice for, for, you know, like, you know, think of like yourself back in high school, right? So any advice mm -hmm. for high school students or even younger kids today on why they should get into the tech field and, you know, how it's, how it's really changed your career. I think it's just having like that curiosity to try things out and, and experiment. I mean, it's very similar to what maybe someone in science would do as well. You, you, you get something, you, you try and see if you can break it, take it apart, make new parts for it, that kind of stuff. And I think if you just have that kind of playful curiosity, 
especially when you're younger. I definitely had more of it when I was younger. Um, uh, not knowing any limits, you know, you don't know how, how things can be broken or how things can be uh, created at that point. But it's also kind of fun because there are no boundaries at that point. You get to really play and experiment. Um, and it's a good age to do that as well. So don't be afraid of breaking things. You can often find interesting things to then research into. So as long as you just keep trying and keep experimenting, I think that's a key part there. So I love, I love what you just said there. Isn't it interesting is how we get older, we become more conservative and less, less risk, less risky, right? You know, so yeah. it, is, it is interesting how that happens. I think you make a great point is while you're young, you know, try these things and, and do different things and, you know, figure out what you like and don't like, because it, it can't hurt. Right. I mean, especially at such a young age yeah. to, to try these things. So I, you know, I think that's, such, it's, it's so critical for, uh, for us to continue to promote, you know, STEM and the technology field with, with the younger generation, because there's such a need for technologists and, and software engineers and STEM, STEM, you know, in the STEM field. And it's only going to continue to grow based off of what all the studies you see out there from a job pers- jobs perspective. So I think it's something that the more we can kind of hammer that point home, the better. Um, so, so shift, shifting gears a little. So you work at Google, which, you know, many people I think, you know, would, would love to work at Google. I'd love for you to kind of just, you know, share a little bit about what's the, what's it like to work there? Like, is it, you know, I mean, I mentioned to you before we started, like, you know, there's obviously they've made movies about what it's like to intern there. And obviously mm-hmm. that was, you know, that was supposed to be a comedy, but what, what, <laughs> is, what is the culture like at Google? And, you know, yeah, sure. how do you feel, um, you know, how do you feel maybe it differed from where you were at the London office in Google to their office in California? Yeah. Um, so obviously given that I've been there for almost eight years, I, it's safe to say that I'm enjoying my time there. Um, I think the thing that's kept me there the most um, versus other companies that I've worked for in the past potentially is just the people. Like my colleagues that I work with currently are like some of the best people uh, both like, like friends, they're like extended family for me, which is great. So I get up in the morning, I go to work and I know I'm going to have a fun day because you know, they're great people to just be working with day to day. And that's why I've not left my current team, um, even though I've had other offers from other people right now. So I think people are the most important factor for me. But of course, you've then got the googly culture. There are, of course, if you just search for this online, you'll see the kind of perks that they have there. There's like the free food and gyms and all this kind of stuff on site. So they make it very convenient um, to be able to do your work and have fun at the same time, which is a a great philosophy to have at any company. And I feel the more you give back to your employees, the more they're going to actually do better work for you in the long term as well. If I ever started my own startup again, I would definitely take on board some of the things I've learned uh, from being in this kind of environment and apply it to a startup mentality as well. No, and I think, I mean, you know, you mentioned, you know, people, you mentioned culture and I think uh, it's funny because I think culture is one of those, it's one of those really elusive things to describe or to really help people understand without actually being in a company. Um, because it's, one of, it, it, it's not, you can't put words on it sometimes. I mean, you can try, but I feel like you have to really be there to understand it. And you mentioned earlier that they, they Google allows you to, you know, go, go to another team for three months and do like a, a rotation. Don't think that's something a lot of companies necessarily do. But I think right. it's something cool that, you know, it sounds like Google does to kind of give you guys that opportunity uh, to, to try something else. So, and you mentioned the 20% time as well. Sure. What, what, um, so let me ask you this. So you've been there eight years and obviously the company's had unbelievable growth since it started. Um, yes. You know, uh, 
you know, I think, my gosh, it's probably almost, probably almost, you know, two decades ago now, right? I think it was the early 2000s it started. Um, yeah. I think like 90% of people are now newer than me, if I remember well, correctly. Yeah, I was going to ask you, you know, how, how has it changed in those eight years? And is it, because the growth even the past eight years has been unbelievable. I mean, how, how do you feel that as the company's grown, you're, you know, you've grown with it? How, how has it changed? Um, so, I mean, it's definitely got larger in terms of the number of people there, for sure. That's undeniable. <laughs> like, I remember a time when I, I, I knew most of the people's names in my office back in London because I just, you know, be going to lunch and meeting new people every day. And after a certain time, you've met most of the people there, right? <laughs> um, I'll be tra- transitioning to uh, the Bay Area, uh, where there's you know, many, many more thousands of people than there are in the London office. It's harder to have that same level of, of um, connection with everybody um, so that's another you know, harder part of my role is keeping in touch with all the different teams that I'm meeting with as well to keep that level of connection with the ones that I find most interesting and curious to exchange, exchange knowledge with. Um, so that's something I have to, have to work on personally to make that better. Um, but I, I kind of just have like weekly check-ins or, or monthly check-ins with the teams that I'm most interested in to kind of keep that rapport going. And that, that helps a lot, definitely. Um, so as long as you might have that, yeah. So spe- speaking of, um, you know, just like the, the teams you work with and, and all the, pe- the different people you work with. So you mentioned earlier that you love the people and, you know, you work, obviously work with some extremely intelligent people. Can you, can you share with us, you know, over your career, whether it's at Google or, you know, working for yourself or one of the previous companies, what do you feel like has been your biggest accomplishment professionally uh, to date? I think my... Personal biggest accomplishment would be, you know, having a go at starting my own startup back in the day. It wasn't didn't last very long because I've trans- transitioned to Google quite quickly after that, unfortunately. But having gone through that process was a big learning curve for me, and I can't recommend highly enough like trying out startup life um, before you go to a, a big large corporate where things are, you know, definitely. I think mean, it's more challenging in startup life than 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 it is at large corporates. Um, there's just so much more at stake. If you mess up in a startup, then it could fail, <laughs> literally. Every dollar really counts. Whereas if you mess up at a large place like Google or Amazon or Facebook or something like this, then you know there's some leniency. They've got, they've got a backup plan. If you mess up on that one project, you know they're not going to go under or anything. So I think it's good to go through that experience, though, of, of ha- being relied upon to that extent to understand the effects of what you do. Um, and that was a big learning curve for me when I was doing my own web startup and working for the semiconductor company back in the day. So I think going through that was my biggest accomplishment, personally speaking. No, I think that's well said. I, I own my own business at one point too. And you, you, you have a different perspective once you do it. And yeah. I, I still laugh today, you know, I'm in a corporate job now and, and, and you probably, probably do the same thing. Like, you know, when you get that paycheck direct deposit in your account, every, however many weeks you're like, well, that was cool. I just got paid and I didn't have to do it. Right. So um that always that you know there's something to be said about that but i i completely agree the the learning the learning the learnings you get from doing your own business or you know you're probably more successful at google because you did that and ran your own business than those people that work at google that didn't do that because you just think differently right when that's probably one of the reasons you're on the team you're on so um yeah i think um i i mean when i started back in the day eight years ago i i I think everyone I spoke to at the time, I mean, I'm not sure if it's still true now, but it's just my own general observation, but it's not an official fact or anything like this, but like most of the people on my team in London 
came from a startup background. <laughs> Everyone had done their own startups or worked for a startup, and then they ended up at Google after that. Um, and I think there's a reason for that as well. It, it attracts a certain type of personality and uh, grittiness and all that kind of stuff to be able to get through those tough times, which is needed when you're trying to do, um, you know, work on big, hairy projects that are quite, you know, never been done before, that kind of stuff, right? So you I mean, need that. I, th I think that to be successful in the role that you're in, I mean, your, your, your current role, they definitely need people that are willing to, take risk and innovate and, and ultimately fail sometimes. Right. So, um, so I think, yeah, I, I would say that the, that, 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 that lines up very well with people that want to start their own businesses. So, so no, so well said. So on the flip side, uh, any, what would be your biggest setback or failure in your career yeah. that you, you want to share? So it's actually linked. I think my biggest failure is not having done enough startups. <laughs> um, I feel like if I could rewind my life like a, a couple of decades or something like this and um, start over, I would have taken more risks when I was younger. Um, and I was you know, in a situation when I was younger where I couldn't really do that. I had people who depended on me somewhat. So um, it was hard to take risks in that situation. But if I had a little bit more flexibility there, then I would have liked to try out more things younger when I was younger to like you know, give those things a go and see where it led kind of thing. Um, and now getting to the point in my career where I, you know, I've saved some money, I can maybe start looking into that now. But it would have been cooler to have done it earlier on, in my personal opinion, as well. Yeah, that, that's that's. Uh, I think a lot of people struggle with that, right? And and, and yeah, it's it's definitely. I, I would agree. I think it's easier to to take those risks and those chances at a young age when you might not have a spouse or kids or a mortgage yeah. payment, right? You know, exactly. uh, when you're a little bit less, um, you have a little bit less responsibility. I guess is the way to describe it. So no. I, I see where you're going with that. And I think that's, I think you're, what you, what you said is probably, I think a lot of people would probably agree with that. Uh, so, so thanks for sharing those. I, I love just kind of getting people's thoughts and perspectives on that because like I mentioned earlier, everyone's career journey is so unique. And I think I love having my guests learn from all the, all the people. I'm sorry. I love having my listeners hear from all the guests and all the cool experiences you've all gone through. So thank you. No problem. Uh, so, so back to, you know, what you're doing today. So, yeah. Could you share, and I know obviously you can't share everything you're doing, because I'm sure it's a bunch of it's top secret, but could you share, you know, something really cool that you've worked on that maybe we've, that we, the public has seen um, that you're really proud of? Yes. Yeah, so as you said, like the coolest projects that are come, coming to mind are on the NDA right now, but um, some of the things I've spoken about in presentations for our public um, include things like Peach Dragon was a movie that came out not too long ago. Um, I believe it was for Disney. And essentially, the premise of that movie is that there's um, a dragon in the movie that only kids can see. So we're trying to figure out how could we bring this to life for children in the real world, of course. So what we decided to do was combine uh, augmented reality and machine learning such that if you pointed your mobile phone at objects around your house that we knew most people had, like a lampshade, a TV, a sofa, something like this, we could recognize that you pointed it at that object and then we knew how to augment Elliot the dragon into the scene so you could take a photo and then show your parents that you really did see the dragon and you weren't making it up. That's um, cool. That's a, cool. You know, creative experience that like brought the magic of the Disney movie to life, essentially, and used uh, these kind of cool technologies to do that. Yeah, it's, it, it's interesting because that, and, and you are right, it is Disney, you're correct. That movie actually came out originally, I, I want to say in like the 70s, uh, and then they remade it. Um, yeah. Uh, for you know i think it was back like uh, a couple of years ago uh but it's just it's just cool to see you know 
how you how you guys at Google leverage technology to to kind of update it, right, and, and give it that that really cool flair. So no, so that, I think that's a great example of um, there's just so much opportunity with technology, and as, as you know, probably better than most, it's changing so quickly and so frequently, uh, and I feel like we're just wowed more and more every day with the stuff technology can do. It's interesting you say that because, like, I as I've got older and I've, I've seen like all the different research going on, and you know, like as I get more knowledge of the field, generally speaking, when I go to things like you know um, a haunted house at a theme park, I'm like, oh, that's a pepper go solution. That's uh, a <laughs> thing, and like, I kind of lost the magic a little bit. But it's very hard to impress me these days. <laughs> I never, I never thought of that. Um, how you're probably like trying to break down everything that's built right from a technology perspective. Just the way my mind works now. I, when I see like TV series like sci-fi, I'm like. Well, how would that work? Like, what components? And sometimes, you know, inspiration can come from these areas. Like, I see a sci-fi, and like, hang on a minute, I could probably make that in some shape or form. Maybe not to the true vision that they had in the movie, but you know, it, it can often spark a piece of imagination that um, says, "Hey, actually, I could, I could, I could replicate this somehow." Um, so I'm always trying to break things down to its smallest components, and then try and rebuild them from scratch. That's and funny. I like that. How I make things generally. So, so do you? Yeah. What, and you mentioned earlier, like you're always trying to learn about new technologies. Any um, any good resources for our listeners on maybe a go to like web website or blog or or location you go to to learn about new things coming out? Um, honestly, I probably subscribe to so many newsletters. I can't remember them all, but if you're interested in, for example, machine learning and that kind of stuff, there's a great YouTube channel called Two Minute Papers. And um, if you check that out, there's this guy um, not only talks about the latest research, but he does it in a really accessible way. So you don't need a PhD to understand what he's talking about. He gives you a high-level overview, why it's cool. And then, of course, he links to the paper if you do want to nerd out on all the maths and, and, and um, programming and stuff. But um, it's a nice, literally, two-minute overview of the coolest research uh, going on in the machine learning space, typically. Yeah, so, so like bite-sized learning that, that probably keeps people's yeah. attention. That's pretty cool. Uh, no, yeah. Yeah, no. That's... Oh, sorry, in an accessible way, just because a lot of that stuff is is just too, um, it, you know, it, too many expectations of having like a literally a PhD in the subject to understand what they're talking about. And I, I my personal goal in life is to make things more simplified and understandable. Because if you don't understand things fundamentally, then I, you know, I don't believe you understand it fully. <laughs> and um, if you can't explain it as as such, then it also means you don't fully understand it. So I try and go back to basics to the to the fundamentals before I then try and explain something to someone. So I. I know that all the bases are covered. Yeah, no, I mean, you're you're, you're kind of, you know, I think with a lot of stuff with tech, you kind of have to do that these days because it gets as it gets more complicated. I, I yeah. feel that, you know that's that's really like a, a lost art in some sense of being able to take yeah. the complicated and make it simple for people. So well said. So so again, again, thanks for making time. I know obviously you're super super busy with everything you're doing uh, in your career and and you know uh, your extracurricular activities as well, like making you know mirrors for fun at home, but. Uh, I always close the podcast with, you know, what would what would your advice or your wisdom be to the listeners uh, on something that's really helped you reach your full potential? So what's made you successful in your mm-hmm. career that you'd want to share with everyone? I think I'd end with simply never stop learning. And if you're passionate about something, even if you're not doing it currently for your day job, do it in your spare time, write a blog post on it, submit it to some favorite magazine of yours or whatever it might be get the exposure for the thing that you've made. And if, you know, 
if you're passionate about it and you've done a good job at it, there's a good chance other people will like it too. And you'll get known for that. And then eventually you will get your dream job in that thing that you're trying to achieve. So, I think that's great advice because I think a lot of people, Jason, don't necessarily think that what they are interested in or what they're going to write about is, is, is important or other people would want to read it. But I think you just nailed it. I think a lot of people, there's, there's so many other people out there with common interests of folks and yeah. just sharing online can open up all these different doors for people. And sometimes it's just, it's to your point, it's just, it's just so simple and people don't even think to do what you just said. So great advice. Thank you. No problem. And, so, uh, it yeah, was, that's great. It, super, super fun having you. I loved hearing about all the cool things you're working on and your, your path and your time at Google. So again, you know, thank you very much for making time. And uh, I'm sure we'll see probably some more, uh, so some more stuff that you've worked on that you're under NDA for that we don't know about in the, in the near future coming out from your group of Google. And uh, Thank you. Cheers. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Full Potential Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our movement, please visit our website, fullpotentialmovement.com. You can also find us on social media. We have an Instagram, Facebook, and a YouTube Thank you again, and we hope you come back to hear another episode.